Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. My name is Lindsay Phillips, and I am your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. And for those of you that don't know me, I am the founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company to uh, dedicated to helping grow, uh, sorry, entrepreneurs to grow their business. Um, I love sharing tips and strategies. Strategies, um, to be more productive in your business, to grow your profits, um, and just improve your life in general. And I am totally thrilled today to have uh, Lisa Crilly Malice. Um, we're going to be talking about time management and productivity and getting more done in less time, which is one of my uber favorite topics. So I'm totally jazzed. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lisa first before we dive into the fun stuff. Um, Lisa is a certified coach, author, and speaker. She works with focused successful business owners who are overcommitted, I don't know anything about that, <laughs> and still want to achieve more. For over 15 years, Lisa has provided customized, real solutions to everyday challenges, allowing her clients to build capacity and accomplish more in less time while still enjoying their lives and not, not killing themselves, I'm sure. She delivers motivating keynote speeches, leads dynamic and engaging workshops, and creates results-oriented coaching programs. And um, yeah, she lives in, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Chagrin Falls, Ohio, with her husband, Lou, and dog. Um, is, it, is it Newton, Lisa? It is. It's his, and I always say it's his dog, his dog, Newton. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. Um, and like me, she loves the chocolate beach, and I also am a country music lover, Lisa. Awesome. My favorite is Dallas Smith. I don't, he's Canadian. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. No, I haven't, but I will definitely YouTube him as soon as we're done. Yes, he is the bomb. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for coming on my show. My, totally my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So you, you have a word in, um, that we, I just kind of spoke about when talking about you, and that is business owners who are overcommitted. And oh my God, how easy is that to be done? I mean, we're, especially women, we're all yes people. Sure, I can do that. I've got time. I'm a super person. Um, is that the biggest challenge that you see from entrepreneurs? Yes, the, it is hands down the number one characteristic of all of my clients. And I, I think it becomes partly because like you said, women tend to be yes people and, mo and my client base tends to go a little heavier uh, female than male, not by design. It just happens to yeah. be the way it is. And busy people get things done. Yes. And so when you're busy, people ask you to do more. And if your natural tendency is to say yes, <laughs> then it, one more thing gets added. And typically the thought process is it'll only take me 10 minutes. Oh. Of course I can do it. 
Yeah. And really, what's a 10-minute job? Like, are there even any 10-minute no, jobs? No, no. <laughs> right? I always tell my husband, oh, I can get ready. I'll be ready in 10 minutes. And we know that's not true. Like, it takes me that long to pick out what pair of shoes I'm going to yeah, wear. Yeah, Totally. Right. So, you know, but anyway, but back to the back away from me, back to this topic. Um, it's about the fact that my clients tend to say yes, because they think they can do it. And it, it takes more time than that. And it's not just that one thing they've said yes to. Yeah. They've said yes to family. They've said yes to civic organizations they're involved with. They said yes to things with their kids' school. They said yes to business owners that they have partnerships with and the, it just keeps building. They didn't start out to get overcommitted yeah. yet. They became that way over time. So, and I know you also talk about, you know, procrastination and we're so easily distracted with, you know, Facebook phones and we're being torn in so many different directions. I'm, I'm assuming saying yes or no is not the biggest factor in being overcommitted. Like, how do we get there? And so um, let me back up a little bit and answer and come at this from a different angle, okay. um, which is how do we get there? Um, because what happens is we're there. And so I think the, um, the question I tend to look at is how do we get out of it and then stay out of it? Fair enough. Because we're all, in mo probably 99.9% .9 of the people listening right now are there. Oh yeah. So, you know, so I look at how do you get out of it? So the first thing is, figure out really what's important to you. Mm -hmm. What are those, I call it a big yes, um, but what are those driving goals, the things that are absolutely positively the biggest driving factor in your life? And for some people, there may be one. One of my clients, you know, his big yes is his family. Yeah. Bar none. Other people are like, you know what? I have multiple big yeses. I have one for my faith. I have one for my business. I have one for my personal life. It doesn't matter if you have one or you have 10, but identify them, really hold on to them and say, okay, these are my big yeses. Then take a look at your calendar mm -hmm. and be really stingy and look at every commitment in your calendar, every task on your to-do list mm -hmm. and identify what big yes does it actually directly relate back to and if you can't answer that then you know it's something that you can get rid of but how do you get rid of it i know right easier said than done <laughs> <laughs> way easier said than done so the first thing is to determine is the pain of staying with us going to be bigger or, or smaller than the pain of letting it go and what i mean by that is you know it you may be halfway through a commitment and it may just be easier to ride it out yeah. and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, but you may also be at the beginning of something and think, okay, I can, I can move this off. So one of my clients recently um, was on a committee for a national board and she called the person in charge and said, guess what? I'm overcommitted. Bottom line is I'm overcommitted. If I stay on this committee, I'm not going to do a very good job for you. Yeah. And that's not fair to everyone else on the committee. It's not fair for the membership we serve. I, I need to back off and I will help you find my replacement. And so that's one way to do it is to offer a way to fill the role that you're currently playing with an organization. Right. 
another way is to redefine your commitment. Mm. So um, another one of my clients is very involved in her church. It's one of her big yeses. And she was teaching a class to second grade students every week for 90 minutes. And what, when we talked through her calendar and her commitments, she realized that she could still give service to her church, but to do it in a way that wasn't as committed with time by teaching the teachers. So instead of her teaching class, every week for 90 minutes, she backed out, spent an hour teaching people how to do what she was doing. And that hour was once a month. Nice. Now that took six months to get to. Yeah. Because when she was in, it was the middle of a cycle and she said, okay, you know what? I'm going to finish this out now for continuity's sake, but in six months, I will have this whole thing in place so I can slide away. Yeah. Because it would take some work to get from A to B. Yeah, absolutely. And so sometimes you can make the change right away. Like, you know, the client who was on the board, she called and she said, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And just so you know, no matter what you say to me, I'm out. <laughs> so, and I think sometimes you can say no and mean it and be firm in it. People accept but if they feel that little bit of wiggle room, they're in no. like, oh, she doesn't mean it. I'm getting it back. Totally. It's hard to stay and stand firm ground. Yes. And so what usually one of the um, phrases I'll tell my clients is when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. True. And so if you're saying yes to them, what it is, a, is it of yours that you've just said no to? That's a very good point. And, you know, and for some people that resonates. For others, we'll do something a little more visual. Well, I'll, you know, I'll say, okay, what is, what is it? Like what, whatever it is for them. And so you know, they'll say, it's, I'm, I'm raising the income in my business because we're, we want to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to I'm, Hawaii. And so I said, that's it. A picture of Hawaii goes up. And whenever someone asks you to do something, you look at that picture of Hawaii and then you make your decision. Nice. Now, what, quite often we're, we are our own worst enemy. What stands in our way of, you know, I guess, achieving balance or being overcommitted. And I mean, we all want to get more done, but how do we get it more done in less time? I don't know if right. I just asked three questions in that one. Second. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm jotting down notes and I stopped and I thought, I'll just answer whatever I want. There you go. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, sorry, so I think one of the pieces, I think the first question was kind of <laughs> one line. That. That's all right. What stands in too much to ask you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, a piece of it I think is people pleaser. Yeah. Like, so I think that's a piece of how we get overcommitted and what stands in our way. And so one of those strategies that I will, uh, clients will practice or role play on our calls, (laughs) Um, but it's that idea of giving yourself a pause. Uh, because so for example, what I mean by that is someone asks, you know, will you do whatever? 
typically you're flattered that they even thought you were that great that you could take that on. And so you need to step back and give your mouth a chance to catch up and your brain to catch up together. And so the phrase I teach my clients to say is if you need an answer right now, the answer is no. But if you can give me 24 hours and make sure I have the time to devote to this project, that answer could change. But if you need an answer now, it's no. And so then that gives that break and that pause for you to be able to step away. Yeah. And really consider, is this in line with my big yes, my vision, my goals? Or is this in line with their big yes yeah. <laughs> and their goals? And which do I choose? And then on a, a really strategic level, for most people, it's easier to say no when you're not face-to-face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so if you can remove yourself from the situation and then, you know, send an email, send a text message, <laughs> way easier. Been there. <laughs> And so I think that was kind of your first question. Then the second. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yay! Um, The second piece I think you asked was um, totally lost it now. What was your second question? Well, I guess it was like, how do you, how do you get the balance? I guess is my big question. Mm -hmm. And so my answer is what's balance? Yes. And, you know, and so for every client, it's different. That's true. And I think it's the idea, not so much of the word balance, but maybe the words integration. So like maybe it's work-life integration Hmm. or it's, um, and and maybe it is balance for you, but balance typically implies 50-50, even teeter-totter, however you want to look at it. And it's more of what's your, and so one of the phrases we use all the time in coaching is how do you define success when it comes to your personal life how are you defining success when it comes to your business how are you defining success and that's your version of balance Hmm. and maybe it's not in a 24-hour day you know eight hours go to sleep eight hours go to family eight hours go to business maybe it's over the course of a month X, Y, and Z have happened in the different buckets in your life or the course of a year. I always or whatever in a week. Like Yeah, or a week. Yeah. Just for me. Yeah, because it's what's like one of my clients speaks. uh, And so when she's speaking, she can be gone from home for five days. Yeah. So if if her version of work-life balance is equal time with family and with business. Unless her family's going with her. Yeah, it's not happening that week. <laughs> no. Then she's frustrated and guilty and all yes. of those things. But if her version is when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm with my family, I'm with my family. And I'm doing everything I can to structure out my week in such a way that I'm okay with the choices I've made. Mm-hmm. Way different story. And I think your gut kind of tells you, I know for me, if I'm on the computer too much or I'm working too much or, and I don't have any me time, I get like a knot inside. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, or you can't sleep properly and you wake up at four in the morning thinking about work, which I've been there. Um, like your body and your mind gives you warning signs, I think. Yes. 
Yes. And you know, or I'll, for me, I'll find myself apologizing. Oh, like I'll say to my husband, you know what? I'm really sorry. I need to get back in the office for just a couple more hours and do whatever. And, you know, and he's, he's very easygoing. Hey, don't apologize to me. You're running a business. Do what you got to do. But it's me. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, I shut the office down at 430 today. That means the office is shut down at 430. I'm not going back in there, but I, that's, that's my not in the stomach version. Yeah. Interesting. And then on the flip, yeah. And now sometimes like I'm fine working for an hour on the weekend or, you know, if, if people are just, they're occupied doing their own thing. Um, but sometimes I even know for me, the thought of going on the computer makes me feel yucky. I'm like, no, I need to not touch that computer today. Right. <laughs> I think I, if you listen to what your gut's telling you, Right. And that helps you define what success looks like. Or my, or my own version of my balance. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's good to know my intuition's working. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now how, how does, I mean, Lord knows we procrastinate and, and Lord knows we have distractions. How do they factor into being overcommitted or getting more done or not being productive? I think um, they both factor in in a couple different ways. So if we take procrastination first, one of the things, um, and one of my clients like very, very seldom procrastinates. And so she came to our coaching session and said, I really need your help today helping me move through procrastination. And my impulse was to jump in there and be like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And I thought, eh, hang on a second. She never procrastinates. Mm -hmm. So let's dig in. And what we found was she was procrastinating because the project that she was working on, she had committed to six months, a year prior in her business model and her values and in pieces had changed. Mm -hmm. And so it was no longer in line. And so she was committed to finishing out this project that she didn't believe in any longer. Interesting. And so that for her in that situation, it was, wait a minute, when you procrastinate, it's time for a gut check. Yeah. Why is that happening? Now, that's not everyone. Yeah. Um, but in her case, that, that definitely led to it. And you want to talk about productivity going down. She's like, Lisa, I have it scheduled in my calendar, and I have not done it for a week. And, and in, I said, well, what are you doing instead? And she's like, uh, beating myself up because I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> So I think that's one piece. Another piece though about procrastination is often clients will procrastinate because the task seems overwhelming. So let's take away the part about it not having value. Let's assume it has value. You see how it's going to really increase your business, yet you keep putting it off. And many times it's just because it seems overwhelming because it hasn't been clearly defined. Right. So it's, you know, finish, create online program. Well, that has, I don't know, 50 steps to it, possibly. Totally. You, right? And so you sit down to do that, and you're like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that next week. Versus yeah. if you sit down first and say, you know, um, start to for the platform or outline the modules, or what problem are you going to solve? Or what's the type, like start chunking it out. What are the little pieces? Then it's doable. And so typically I will encourage clients, if they find themselves procrastinating, 
after they identify what one of their big yeses does the task directly relate to, mm -hmm. find the first 15 minute task. Mm. Whatever it is, find the first 15 minute task and do that. And usually that gets the ball rolling and, and they're totally. usually on the way. Yeah, that's so true. We get stuck sometimes. We don't know how to get out of it. Right, right. And you're, and, and it's because you don't know what it is. You're just like, I, I can't do it. Well, what's it? Well, this whole project. Well, what is the project? Well, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, that's why you can't do it. Sometimes you need someone to ask you all those questions, right? And you're like, I know. <laughs> need to think it through. <laughs> and how do you um, coach your clients in respects to distractions? I mean, I know we're not supposed to do it. But like, it, it, it's a habit. And sometimes we're doing things that we don't even realize that we're doing. How do you work through that whole distraction thing with your clients? How to get past it? So my philosophy is if whatever the solution to the distraction piece, especially if whatever the solution is requires you to have a lot of discipline to implement, mm -hmm. it's the wrong solution. Oh. So, so it's creating a structure that works with your natural inclinations and your natural habits. And so for example, I have a client who's a people person. He loves people. He loves to talk to people. He loves to communicate with people. Um, his wife has free reign to call the office anytime she wants. Um, and he loves taking her calls. So he had said to me in one of our calls, I'm really, I find myself easily distracted um, by email, phone calls, text messages, et cetera. And I, I said, okay, what's your solution? He says, I am going to not answer the phone when it rings. Okay, I'm sorry, that is never gonna happen. No, it's not. It's happen. never, it's just not going to happen. No. He's like, or I'll look at who's calling, but then I won't answer it unless I think I need to. And, but I'm definitely not gonna listen to a message. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> in what world? <laughs> true. I'm like, no, that is never gonna work. Do you know how much discipline that takes when your natural inclination is oh, to totally. talk to everyone you see? <laughs> and so and so instead <laughs> what we did is we set times that he would turn off all communication his phone his email everything mm -hmm. notifications are gone it's disabled it's turned off he takes his cell phone and flips it over so he can't see the the note nothing yeah and then it's for one hour or it's for 90 minutes or it's for 45 minutes or whatever the time frame is mm -hmm. And he can get in and he can dig in and he can work. And then at the end of that time, he can check all his devices. It's like a little reward. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then go on. You know, and a piece of that, where he was like, well, what happens if there's an emergency? And so he worked out with the business across the hall that they were his emergency contact. And so if something happened and his wife absolutely positively had to get a hold of him, right? she could call across the hall and they would come over and get him. Um, but so the point though is if it requires you being 100% on top of your game and 100% disciplined, mm -hmm. it's the wrong system. Yeah. So if it's email, if you can see that little notification floating across the bottom of the screen saying you have email, 
of course you're going to check it. It's way more exciting yeah. than anything else you're doing. Or it just, so, your mind is not focused on what you need to do. No, no. And so work offline, close it out, whatever you have to do so that it, the, it, you don't see it. Plus, give me a break. You know, you got email. You and I have been talking. We both have gotten probably 10 email by now. We know they're coming. Oh, yeah. We don't need to be notified. Yeah, I hate notifications. Right. They stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's 10 more things I need to do and I don't have time for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So how do you teach people to, um, they were great tips for distractions for sure. Um, what about delegating? So with delegating, I like to go back again to what's your definition of success and make sure you're clear on that first. So first let's talk about why would you delegate? Um, that's true. And, you we know, it's, hard, and why we have such a hard time delegating too. Yeah. So one is my belief that <laughs> you can't do everything yourself though you want to kind of like that whole idea of being overcommitted because you've yeah. said so much like you just, you can only go so far in your business when you do it all yourself. At some point you're out of resources. Yeah. And, it, and that's just reality. It's, it's like when I work with clients and we talk about, you know, time is a resource. You only have 168 hours in the week. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to plan for more than 168 hours, you're going to hit failure every time. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with delegating is that idea of there's only so much I can do to truly serve the clients that I serve best. I have to stay in my zone of genius and do those things that only I can do and yeah. do them well. Everything else can be done by someone else. And so it sounds great in theory, but it becomes difficult <laughs> because one, you think no one can do it as good as you can. Totally. <laughs> or if as soon as you figure out how to do it uh, or teach someone to do it, you could have done it yourself. Or you have no one to delegate to because you're an island and there's no one in the world who could possibly <laughs> you could delegate to. Yeah. Um, and so my coming back to what does the definition of success of that project look like, when you can define how you want the outcome to look, it becomes a lot easier then to figure out the right resource to touch it and to get in with it. Um, my coach recently used this phrase that I love. And it's whenever a new project hits her awareness, she no longer says how, but who. Nice. I like that. Right? So it's not how do I do it, which many of us fall right into strategy mode. Oh, yeah. This is step one. This is step two. This is step three. Instead, it's who's going to do this or who's going to help me do this or who's the resource I need so that I can better get this done. Yeah. In which a lot of that comes back to delegating. And so, sorry, so the route, long way around to your question oh, <laughs> is figure out what you want it to look like yeah, and then clearly explain what you want the outcome to be to the person you're delegating. I think communication is a place where delegating breaks down. Yeah. Clearly explain how you want it to look and then come up with a check-in system. So if I delegate something to you, Lindsay, and I say, this is what I want it to look like, and let's touch base in three days, I now can let it go for three days. Yeah. And then we can touch base and find out 
are we on the same page? Are we not? If I'm more comfortable delegating to you where I want you to report back to me every single step, I need to tell you that. You need to set the expectations, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it's up to me to say, okay, here we go. This is what I want, and here's how I want it delivered. Versus expecting you to read my mind and then be mad and say delegating. Oh, absolutely. It's horrible. I've seen that and, time again. Yeah, but like, you know, so you have to set it up. I think you spend more time in the front end setting it yeah. up. Yeah. And then the rest is, is way easier. But it's funny how some people, and I get this when I talk to a lot of prospects and stuff, where they just, uh, you know, I know you're a virtual assistant or whoever. I know you can help me, but I, they don't even know how. They don't even know what they can delegate. They can't envision it. Do you help your clients kind of, okay, you know, figure out what it is that they do, what they can delegate, what they don't like, what they do like? Do you help yes. them figure that out? Yes, absolutely. So we put all, all of that comes out. So one of the things I work with my clients at the very beginning mm -hmm. is we call it the magic 168 form. And so this is where we lay out what are all the things that you want to do in a week? Like how many hours do you want to spend with family? How many hours mm -hmm. do you want to spend working on your business, working in your business? All the categories we can think of. And then we also list in there, what are some of the tasks you typically do and we rank we rank them scale of one to five i hate it i love it yeah scale of one to five this is in my you know if i could do this all day is zone of genius this is what i love um you know we put all of that in and then we start looking at okay what are the things you don't like what are the things that you're doing that you're good at but that anyone in the world could probably do for you yeah you know, what are all those pieces, you know, because I find a couple things happen. One, I find that people who start their business start to lose the joy in their business yeah. because they start to spend more time working in it than on it. Totally. And that's frustrating. And then yeah. they just say, why did I start this business anyway? I could go work for someone else, you know, like that whole thing. So I think that's a piece. But then the other piece is once we have data, you can then start to make decisions based on the data, not based on emotion. Right. So if you look at that 168 form, which I will give you the link for so that you can share with your listeners. Oh, awesome. They, so when you look at that 168 form, you can say, wow, I really do spend a lot of time here. I do spend more time doing this. I thought I wanted to spend 20 hours, you know, I don't know, snowboarding. And yet what I found instead was, you know, I only spend 20 minutes thinking about it and <laughs> 19 hours <laughs> um, instead surfing online, looking at pictures of cats. You know what I mean? Like you start to really dig in. Yeah. It's what's awareness, right? Being aware of what you're, because you, we're, we're, sometimes we're on autopilot. We have so much to do in a day that we're not really cognizant as to what's really going yeah. on. You just go, like you and I were talking before we started the interview, you know, both of us had a day where there, we had a lot of things that we were pushing through. And yet when you get to the end of the day, you think, what did I accomplish? Yeah. You know, and then you look at, you're like, well, I needed to get this done for this reason. I need to get this done for this reason. Were there things on my list I could have delegated out? Probably. Mm -hmm. But I was in that, I'm going to knock all of these things off my list mode today. Yeah. And I slipped back into old habits. Yeah. It's so easy to do. But I do find though that once you start delegating, 
Um, and I obviously, like, I've got a team behind me and I, I delegate a lot of things, but it can be addictive. You're like, yeah, I'm giving it to someone else. Woohoo! <laughs> I know. Good. I well, and you know, with my virtual assistant, what we find is I'll be like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then once a quarter, I check in and say, okay, where's your resentment factor? <laughs> stuff that I've been sending to you that you hate right you know, because if you aren't happy with the work I'm giving you we need to bring in another resource so that you're doing stuff you love um and you know what I mean and so it's like okay and then I'll find myself oh like for I don't know what it is I hate to pull together new client agreements I love getting new clients I love mm -hmm. working with new clients but that piece of paper that I have to send to them to sign yeah like I hate it and so then I made a form that I would fill out so my VA could pull the whole thing together for me because I hate, well, I didn't want to fill out the form. And, you know, and it was like, where's this resentment coming from? And so now I just get a new client. I call her. I was like, I got a new client. Here's the details. Go with it. Yeah. And I was, and it was fine. But whatever, for whatever reason, I was in that middle ground. I was like, man, if I don't like signing new clients, my business is going to go, you know, down fast. <laughs> well, and it's like, it, it's not one of your genius or whatever that phrase that you, right. you have. Yeah, my zone of genius. You filling have, out that agreement. Your is, clients and working with them, not necessarily filling out the form. No, no, because I can guarantee you, I will put the wrong date in there. I will put in the wrong dollar amount. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I'll be working for a dollar. You know, it's not going to be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> So how can people find the, um, that guide you were talking about? Oh, right. So the magic 168 form, uh, it's a bitly link. So it's bit.ly forward slash one, six, eight, the numbers. So the number one, the number six, the number eight, and then a capital G in the word is guide G U I D E. So capital G lowercase U I D E. Perfect. So it's the 168 guide. Cool. And I'll have the link on my show notes too. So it's clickable. But yeah, I imagine going through that process would be uber helpful. I've had, I've had clients say the best and good, bad, or otherwise. They'll say yeah. one of the best things we ever did together was doing that form. I and know. I think, really, I wonder how the other three months went. <laughs> I'm sure it would be a bit of a painful process to like pull all that stuff out and think really hard. Um, nice. But yeah, but it's because you have, you're going autopilot. I've even you know, done a task and I'm halfway through it. And I'm like, why, why am I even doing this? My team members should be doing this because you just, you just go. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, one of my clients, we were talking yesterday and he, we're looking at his task list. And I said, well, what things on here could your assistant do? What could the intern do? What could the whatever do? And he goes, oh my gosh, Lisa, nothing, everything on this list only I can do. <laughs> and I go, really? And he said, and then we talked some more. And in reality, it was. He had been working really in depth on a project. Yeah. And everything else had piled up. And so then he went into firefighting mode and was pulling out things for additional clients that he hadn't touched base with over the week. And really, they were things that only he could do. And I said, that's great for right now, but we have to look long term. Now what? Yeah. And so what he did, which um, is a suggestion I find very helpful, is he put a list of his resources on a post-it note on his screen that shows right above his task list because he yeah. uses Outlook for his tasking. Yeah. So he has all of those. So when he goes to put a task into the task list, 
he, it, he automatically sees his resources mm. and he can decide who he can r- resource that out to before he touches it. Nice. Post-it notes can be great things. I use them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still a paper girl. I still, I mean, I'm very computer based, but I still have my notes beside me. And then just to get, you know, things out of my head or having a conversation, it's very helpful. Yes, I agree. I pencil and paper all the way. Like, obviously, also computer-based. Yeah. But my thinking is done yeah. pen to paper. Me too. Likewise, how people can read books on Kindle. I can't. I need the paper book. Oh, my gosh. Me neither. I need- like, when we go on vacation, I'm always like, we have to drive because I have to bring my bag of books. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. Stuck in our ways. Um, so what would, to end this, um, awesome interview, the time goes by too fast. What, I guess, ending thought or suggestion would you give our listeners? I, my ending thought or suggestion would be to schedule in time to actually think Mm -hmm. about what does your bigger picture look like? Because we get so caught in doing the day-to-day yes and we say a lot of times as soon as I become successful or as soon as I finish this project or as soon as things get back to normal and so we keep putting off all these big important life altering things Mm -hmm. until later and we pass that point and never realize it like you are successful Things have come back to normal. It's just you didn't recognize that this was your new normal. That's so true. You did finish that big project. You just picked up another one. <laughs> and so instead, say, okay, you know what? what? What's really important to me? And am I on that path? And what, what, does, what does that next bar, whatever it is, what does it clearly look like so I know how to, when I'm there, what to do next? That's true. Life moves too fast, Lisa. I know. You just keep going, and all of a sudden, you look back, and you're like, how did I get that gray hair? (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, it does go by fast. And I think, too, it's like taking the time to stop and... um, and think about where you've been and where you've come. Because I think we're, we're, we're so busy looking ahead, which is great to be ambitious. But it's like, we feel like we're always achieving for something, but we don't stop and recognize like, hey, look where you are now. Like you've done pretty good. And, you know, pat yourself on the back for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take a moment and celebrate everything you've accomplished. And then look ahead to where you want to go next. I know, we don't do that enough. So true. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. Um, such a great topic and some great advice that you've given the listeners too. Well, thank you. Completely my pleasure. Awesome. Well, thanks again, folks, for joining us uh, to the Sailing to Success podcast show. So the show notes, of course, will be at um, my site, lindsayphillips.com. And if you want to dive into my videos and my blogs as well, so that I can help you get more done uh, in less time and, and grow your business. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back. 
You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.